There was a movie in 1991 that had among its cast Billy Crystal and Jack Palance. And it was called City Slickers. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the movie. But, you know, it's some city slickers who, in a midlife crisis, go out to a dude ranch and participate in a cattle drive. And it's, you know, it's in the top 100 um, comedies of all time. It's like 90, no, 86, I think. So it's not right at the top, but it's a good, funny movie. And in it... um, Jack Palance asked Billy Crystal, do you know what the secret of life is? And Billy Crystal responds, no, what? And with a gloved hand, Jack Palance holds up one finger and says, this. And Billy Crystal says, your finger? (laughs) And Jack Palance says, no, one thing. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean boop, boop. (laughs) And Crystal asks, that's great, but what's the one thing? And in a very knowing way, Palance answers, that's what you have to figure out. So what is that one thing for you? Kind of scary to have to think. Would there be any need to narrow it down to one thing? um, But what is that one true thing that acts like your true north that helps you navigate all of all of the complex things that go into making up a life? What is it that you value as much as the poet that we read earlier valued wisdom? What is the one thing worth not only dying for, but living for, which may be a whole lot harder? We can all go down a list of beautiful, you know, virtues, ideals, words like peace, justice, truth, love, compassion, maybe family. Um... Honor. But the nearer we draw those ideals, those concepts into to ourselves, into the reality that makes up our life, the more we move into the concrete manifestations of those ideals, the less our understandings resemble each other. Your concept of peace, my concept of peace, when we move into living them out, when we move into bringing them or trying to bring them into fruition, the way that they play out or or end up being defined in the particulars is not the same. So what is that peace? What is that ideal if if it changes when we move it into reality? As we come to live out the particulars, the definitions of the words change. And somehow they fall short 
of the ideal, somehow they are no longer, now they're ill-fitted for something from which to build common ground. And the valor of dying for such an imperfect thing begins to pale. Maybe it's country. Maybe it's freedom. All very worthy and noble ideas. It's the bringing them into reality where those ideas somehow dissipate. There's this image that I have of a single beam of light. A single beam of white light. Kind of like the cover of the Pink Floyd album. It hits, it hits the prism and it breaks into a rainbow, right? This oneness is something that religious traditions no matter how they describe it, all seem to have in common. It's, it's an origin. And then something happened, some catalyst, something acted to disperse this origin into us. I think time might have been such a catalyst or, or the way that time has come to play out in, in the world is that prism. And we are the rainbow. This place is somewhere that we really value every one of those colors that that the prism creates, or at least we try to. And we're really kind of fond of our distinctions. But if that original oneness is what it takes, returning to that is what it takes to actually bring about all those lovely ideas that we talk about, well, you can't just push the colors back together. You can't force through some... If, if we're claiming our own prism color. I'm going to be blue today. I'm going to be indigo. I'm going to be lavender. I'm going to be yellow or uh, orange or pink or green. Or If we claim those identities, trying to bring them back together as a functional whole takes transformation. And it takes something outside the individual colors that we are to help generate that transformation. And it's that that all of the religious traditions try to have us participate in spiritual disciplines for. Something that prepares us to be able to recognize those parts of ourself that are transcendent. 
The transcendentalists were Unitarians. There's a there's a book. Uh, I can't remember which one it is right now. In it is an image that when when people went searching for truth, they went out in two different paths. One was science and mind, and the other was religion, and it was supposed to be heart. And that as things progress, these come full circle, and they run back into each other. That that one great truth actually contains both. And that one great truth is vast enough that the paradox of those two being coexistent fits. Now, this is my last sermon before I go away for a couple of months. Um, and y'all have all kinds of variety coming and people talking about political things and, and environmental things. And so I, I wanted to share where I am in my journey right now and the things that are preoccupying me. And this is kind of it. That place where we are, again, our fully integrated selves, those divisions that we create by our illusions, you know, that our egos stir up about who we are and, and you know, I'm a musician, I'm a minister, I'm a, I'm a singer and a mother and, a, and a, those are things that help us navigate through this life. Those are one side of the pendulum swing. And as long as we're here, that pendulum can keep swinging back and forth. And if we're lucky, the swings move closer together. But spiritual teachers talk about duality. And it's those pieces of ourselves that, that separate us from others, that make us understand ourselves as different over against everybody else. Those divisions are the same, and I said this last week, they're the same, they're the same cause that makes war necessary if you extrapolate it out. And it's only through some sort of transformation that those can come together again and be the kind of community that we work for the kind of peace that we dream of, the kind of compassion that comes only from deeper parts of ourselves. We have glimpses of it in moments of profound peace. And in those, we understand that intellect has nothing to do with it. Because it's when we start thinking that that goes away again. We have a taste of it in experiences where we experience real union with another human being. And it's in those experiences that we learn trying to stay in control gets in the way. 
there's a minister named Scott Alexander, and in one of his sermons, he shared a story uh, that comes from Hasidic Judaism that I would like to share with you. Um, He says, Ours, thank God, is a relational religion, a religion that would have us aware and alive to the irreducible oneness that exists between ourselves and human beings everywhere. A religion that calls us into close, caring, and compassionate communion with people of all kinds and colors, no matter how different from us they might be at first or at first seem. Ours is a faith that has always dreamt of people everywhere becoming like family, one humanity relating in ever more intricate patterns of compassion and respect. Unitarian Universalism is the demand to be gently and responsibly related to life and persons around you. And this church knows, with Horstein and other global thinkers, I guess that was earlier in the sermon, that genuine compassion for others is best and most beautifully born in the cockles of the human heart, which feels those indissoluble connections, the wondrous oneness And we will only be genuinely good to one another when we know, by God, that every last human person with whom we share life on this fragile planet is preciously a part of my family, my tribe, my country, me, a part of me. The Hasidic tale told by a Holocaust survivor, Eli Weissel, which I feel makes the reality and importance of our human connectedness with one another come to life, is this. The story goes that a young man in Jerusalem wanted to visit Rome, which was then the ruling capital of Western civilization, a very strange and different place from Jewish Jerusalem. His mother protested, as worrying mothers are wont to do, and asked him, how will you eat? Where will you sleep? How uh, He didn't have answers. Yet he still wanted to go on his adventure to Rome. His mother finally relented, but said, I'm sure you'll, have, you'll be able to find food. But for sleep, for sleep, you must take this pillow. At night, go outside the walls of Rome and put your head on this pillow, and you will have rest. The son did as she asked, and each night after enjoying the sights, the sounds, the carnivals of Rome, he would leave that city and take his pillow and find sleep in the countryside. But one night... Right before falling asleep, his pillow caught fire. Why? Because that night, the temple in Jerusalem burned. Weissel goes on to explain that in his tradition... No member of the widely scattered Jewish community lives in isolation. On a very real, mystical level, what happens to one Jew 
happens to all Jews, for they are spiritually and mystically bound together in one being, one indissoluble community. It was the precious bonds of human community and connectedness which set fire to the boy's pillow and kept him awake and alive to that which troubled his brothers and sisters back in Jerusalem. I think parents can kind of relate to a sense of if your kids are in trouble. What I'm saying to you is, as it was with the ancient tribe of Israel, so too it now must be with the worldwide tribe of humanity, the tribe to which all of us so irrevocably and preciously belong. And that's the end of uh, Scott's piece. But what is your one true thing? How do you understand oneness? How do you imagine moving from these independent and fiercely individualistic creatures that we are into something that can actually function and come into being as harmonious and oneness? In the words of Richard Rohr, the most courageous thing we will ever do is to bear humbly the mystery of our own reality. There is so much more to us than we see. And it's the things that we hold on to about ourselves that keep us from seeing it. The tools of spiritual development work to bring us to ourselves. In this one great truth, there are many paths, many colors in the rainbow, until we reach the place where the pendulum stops. Swinging back and forth, let us be together in our differences and in our search for that which goes deeper than where we are now.